beat the odds. Don't make the same mistakes I did during my project management journey. My goal for you is to be better. Do you mind if I share a story with you? One time I was in this meeting and during this meeting, I was actually leading the particular meeting and we had a stakeholder that came on and they wanted to go over some software and during going over the software, they wanted to, to, to discuss the requirements. That's the key word there, family. They wanted to discuss the requirements. So in the discussion, they pulled up a 20 page PowerPoint. And so you could, you could kind of sense the, the tension in the room because everyone was a little confused, like, okay, you got this 20 page PowerPoint. Okay. I'm wondering where this is about to go. And so as the stakeholder began to, uh, deliver the, the slides before they got started, before he got started, I raised my hand and I said, Hey, I wanted to know what type of presentation is this? And the, and the person said to me, the stakeholder said back to me, well, I just want to go through all my slides. So then, cause I have another meeting to go to after this mm, red flag, number one family red flag, number one. So I was like, okay, go ahead. So as he's going through the, the, uh, slides, you can tell because as a project manager, you have to develop a sense of ability to tense the energy in the room and everyone was extremely tense. And the reason why they were tense is because of the fact they had questions and this stakeholder was moving by slide by slide extremely fast in which was not they, the whole goal was let me get through all this information and then I'll give you three to five minutes to ask a question, but that is not how it works. So that takes us into point number one, proactive conflict resolution. See family, when you are a uh, project manager or you're stepping into this thing that I love that I hope you fall in love with called project management, you have to have the ability to walk into conflicts. I know I may turn some people off with that. Um, reason why you have to do that. See, in the story that I shared with you from a very high level, when the stakeholder said they wanted to go through the slides, I should have challenged the stakeholder and said, hey, if you have somewhere to be, we need to reschedule. If we're not allowed to ask you questions during the presentation, because this was more of a uh, interactive presentation, because we provided you the requirements, you packaged everything together, we should be able to have a open conversation, open dialogue uh, during this session. This is more of a working session as far as when I say working session, meaning we're working to, to, to really finite or finalize these particular requirements. So family, you have to have the courage to, to um, and I'm going to say this as, as nicely as I can, but you have to be, you have to have the courage and be professional with it, of course, to engage in conflict when, and all, I always say this family, all conflict is not bad. And conflict to me is having the ability to push against, or how about this? I like this challenge. What is being said in a professional and a healthy way to say, Hey, wait a minute. Cause we, I should have stopped him because I'm the project manager. I'm leading the ship. I am leading this particular project. I should have stopped that, that stakeholder and say, Hey, listen again, if we can't have a open dialogue, open conversation, then I think it's best that we reschedule or we set up small meetings that you could talk with us on a more smaller level because there was questions and you can tell by the energy in the room of how people were kind of looking like, man, hurry up and get through whatever you need to go so I can get about this uh, meeting conference. So again, family, here's the tip for 
proactive conflict uh, resolution. Encourage open communication, address conflicts as soon as they happen, basically as soon as they arise. Because if you don't, if you sweep it under the rug, as my mom would say, the more dust, dust and dirt that go under that rug, the rug is going to keep piling up. And then by the time you're going to trip over the dust and dirt, you might not like that analogy. How do you like this one? Family, if you, if you keep sweeping things under the rug, you're going to continue to hide things that needs to be out in the light. Mm. I kind of like that. reason why I like that, family, is because of the fact we must address these things head on because, it, because if we don't, it's going to hurt us in the long run. Hey, family, I really, truly appreciate you taking time to watch today's episode. Don't forget to like, subscribe for more insightful project management and personal development thoughts. As you know, we have a uh, newsletter that officially dropped today. The Magnetic Project Manager, yes, right named after that book in the back of me or over on this side. The reason why we created this newsletter is because for people like you. reason why we created this newsletter is because I sound like uh, 30, give me 30, give me 40, give me, I'm just playing though, family though, but seriously, on a, on a serious note, we created this newsletter is because we really want to engage the community. You're like family to me for those that show me love in the comments, for those that subscribe, that has liked these videos. You don't really know how much it means, so I want to pour out and show you through my newsletter and through just constantly giving you thanks and praise for what you guys have done for me and giving me the opportunity to do this day in and day out. Let's move on to point number two. Develop a contingency plan for key personal change. See family, oh you know what? I didn't even tell you what today's title of the message was today. Today's episode is entitled How to Avoid Becoming the Worst project manager and project management. So I say that I, I, I did that on purpose, family. The reason why I did is because I know you see the title, but what is funny is, is that these things that I'm sharing with you, I had to learn along my journey. You say, well, some of these may have been common sense. Well, no, not really, because when you, until you get into the thick of things, you're not going to understand and know that. So Point number two is developing a contingency plan for key personnel change. Listen, I don't know how many times that I've experienced this, you know, leading a project until I was like, wait a minute, I need to make sure we got a backup or a successor just in case uh, that this resource needs to transition or a new project becomes a priority. So there's no stall in the project. So what I mean by that is having the ability to identify critical roles and develop a succession plan and cross-train team members to cover essential skills of the, the key personnel. Now, I know what's going to happen. I know what people are thinking when they're watching this. Yeah, you know, yeah, ED, sometimes that's impossible because, you know, people are feeling with the job security and things like that. I get you. I understand that. But you need to be able to, um, that stakeholder needs to be able to create a succession plan at least detailed enough to allow them, that person, to step in rather on a on a temporary basis if they get pulled away and if they get pulled away to more of a permanent solution have the courage and confidence that hey well I'll be back if I have to um, but if not I trust them with the person that I'm working with that's going to look good for you long, going you know the long run point number three ensure regular team building and morale boosting activities one of my videos I talked about virtual uh, virtual meetings if you work virtual or even on-site uh, meetings. And what I was talking about is doing escape rooms. Oh, I love doing those escape rooms. I don't know why. Maybe in the back of my mind, I'm thinking I'm going to escape. So I don't know. Just just work with me. But I digress. The point I'm trying to make, family, is, is that uh, finding things that your team can do to celebrate 
milestones, it really boosts the team morale. You really bring people together. The more you can interact with people, not just on a professional level, but even on a private level, as far as getting to know them a little bit better by doing team building type activities, building trust in those team building activities will definitely make your team more stronger. It will make the team more trustworthy because that's what you want to want, want to do. When I'm leading a team, I'm, I'm telling the team, listen, it's us. It's, it's us against the world. Our back is against the wall. And the reason why our back is against the wall, I'm not saying everybody is after us. I'm not saying that what we're about to, what, what we're about to go up against is going to be difficult. But if we get to a difficult moment, I want to know that I want you to know that I got your back and I want, I will hope that you have my back, not just my back, my side and, and uh, both of my sides. And reason why is because if we have this type of structure, then if anyone comes to attack the team or say, we're not, de we're not delivering the way we're, that we're we're delivering, someone should be able to step in and support that other stakeholder. Let's move on to point number four. Prioritize health, mental health, and well-being. I'll be honest with you, family. I really wasn't good at this at the beginning. Uh, I would work, 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 and I wouldn't take the time off that was allowed it, that was given to me for the, from the organization based on the, my tenure at the uh, at the uh, at the job. So I started taking advantage of actually going on vacation and it started small. I'll be honest. I would take, you know, two or three days and I really wouldn't go anywhere. I would be at the house or around in the area. I wouldn't actually go on a trip to really, you know, to really refresh my mind. I think there's it, it, there's a quote or uh, something like that about, you know, two men are chopping a tree and one just keeps going and then the other one really takes took a break and then came back to fit, you know, to finish what they were doing. That person that came back, they were more refreshed and family. A lot of times what you will realize is when you go on vacation or you take a day or two, you know, away at first, I was like, oh man, this whole mental health, but I get it now because when I've done it, I've come back more. I come back stronger. I, I come more, come back more eager because now I had time to think and I'm like, oh, you know, that problem that we had, I think I figured out a solution uh, for that. So again, family, you want to prioritize your mental health and well-being. If you don't remember any of these points, I think this is, is, is really key because a lot of project managers, they go, 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 go. Because when you're leading a project, sometimes, especially these priority projects that I've led, it's non-stops and, and I don't mean and I'm be, I'm trying to be as nice as I can with it, but it's so true. It's non-stop. I mean, yes, you do have breaks um, when it slows down because, you know, once you're wrapping up the project, but sometimes you can get calls, you know, through the night because you are you're, you're leading a project. So they're looking at you for, you know, uh, answers answers to the questions that they have. Let's move on to point number five. Foster a culture of open feedback. Okay, I said the last point was very important. This right here, you know I'm about to do my Cat Williams, but I won't do it this time. But this point right here is very important. Reason why it's important is because it creates a non-judgmental environment for feedback. Family, I can't tell you how many teams I've worked on where everything was judgmental, where they was, where they, you know, I always, I have this motto and I can't remember who I, who I got this from. And I always said, I will always stab you in the front before I will stab you in the back. What does that mean? That translates into, I will be upfront to you in your face. And I ask the same, don't go behind my back and talk behind my back. Talk to me in my face. If there's something that I'm not doing that you feel that I need to be doing, talk to me and let's have a 
professional and not really trying to attack me, but really I make it so we both have an understanding we're attacking the work, not the person. Now, let's be clear here. If it turns into more of a personal uh, attack, then that's when you probably would want to withdraw yourself and say, hey, maybe right now, I don't know, you may be going through something. This may not be a perfect time for us to have a conversation. But again, you need to come back to that conversation. So it's important that you create and foster a safe environment for you to, to, to give feedback and to receive it and know it's coming from a genuine place. Because sometimes we all know that feedback is not coming from a genuine, uh, genuine space. And so that's why you, it's important that you create these spaces. Point number six, integrate cross-functional collaboration. If you've been watching me for a while, you know I'm always talking about collaboration and communication. I really believe those are the, the foundation of any successful project. I know there's so many other aspects, but if I'm unable to articulate, if I'm unable to write where we're at in the, this project, where we're going with this project, where we've been with this project, it doesn't matter with all those other elements. It won't matter about the triple constraints because I can't, if I'm not communicating um, effectively, if I can't collaborate with a cross matrix team or with my internal team, with any team, period, we will not be able to move this project along. And that's what I wrote in the book of the Magnetic Project Managers about the charisma aspect of things of when you're leading a project. You have to have uh, the, uh, the the coin was, uh, I think it was by Russell Brunson that I learned it from, called the attractive character. Having that attractive character, an attractive character, and I know I'm not saying about handsome and things, but I'm saying having the ability really to work with people uh, in a way that convinces them to do uh, what needs to be done and knowing that you have their back. Now, that's my own definition of what that attractive character is. Let's move on to point number seven. Encourage the group. Listen, I always say, well, I said encourage the group. I should say really regular update risk management. And listen, you need to have regularly updated risk management uh, plan discussion. I've also shared this as well. One of the things that I do, especially when we're, we're starting off on a project, I'm always talking about, hey, what are the new risks? Uh, let's go over the existing risks. Has any of these risks transitioned to the issue law? If not, okay, great. Now let's go into the agenda points regarding the actual project. So again, making sure that you have risk assessment meetings consistently, even outside of that meeting, sometimes you may have to have out of your, 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 you know, uh, weekly or, or twice a week. I don't know how many times you may meet. We normally would meet, you know, I, it depends on the team and, and their expertise. And, uh, it would normally be once to, you know, one to three times a week, uh, depending on where we're at in the project. So having those risk management meetings is definitely going to be important. Point number eight, balance. And this is my favorite. You know, this is when I'm going to say message. See, this is the point right here, family. Balancing micromanagement and hands and a hands-off approach. Listen, project manager, you can't be everywhere to everyone, to everything, to everybody. I don't know how that sounded to you, but what I'm saying is, is that family, you can't be everywhere and, and you'll run yourself thin. I've tried it. Trust me. I, I've, I've tried it. You know, I've tried it. I got the I got the T-shirt. I got the sneakers to go with it. Um, they, they might as well printed some pants to go with it. But I realize that you have to trust your team. For, and, and if you don't like being micromanaged, then don't micromanage them. But there's nothing wrong with verifying. There's nothing wrong with checking in. There's nothing wrong with holding people accountable for what they said that they were going to deliver. Hey, family, if you stuck around this long, I got a, I got a bonus for you. 
my bonus for you today is allocate time for reflective analyst post project. What does that mean? Basically, what I'm saying there is family, when you get ready to close your project, making sure you're going over your lesson learned register, making sure you're closing out your risk and your issue of uh, risk register and your issue law, making sure that you're going over all of your artifacts and you're, you're making and wrapping them up and putting them in a tight, as I say, a tight bow and uploaded, uploading them into your OPAs or what we say organizational process asset. Listen, family, I would like to say this uh, first and, and final. Uh, final and first. There's three There's three components if you missed anything out of this video. First component is embrace proactive conflict resolution. What does that mean? Just basically having the ability to attack or I should say meet conflict where it is in a professional response and a response that really holds that person accountable and really because the whole goal of this is improving the team dynamics and all, like I always say and I say this I said this at the beginning of this all conflict is not bad it's just the person that's receiving it so you have to make sure you deliver a message and stand on your courage stand on what you know because you've done your homework and you know that based on where we're at in this project something is not adding up and we need to have a open trusted conversation to figure out the why's Point number two on this on this particular piece as well, foster a culture of open feedback, open feedback, open trust will create open communication, which will help the project uh, move more swiftly and you will develop more trust. And the last and final point of this, this these closing remarks I have for you, family, is strive for balance between quality and speed. Reason why I say strive for balance between quality and speed is because a lot of times I know everyone want to get one, finish the project. You know, they, the whole cliche speed to market, which is great, but ensure that you have intact the, the appropriate quality because if you don't, then all of a sudden when the customer receives the project, then you're going to be doing a lot of change, uh, change orders. So I leave you with those three closing remarks, hoping that it will help somebody today. Until next time, I'm out.